Hello and welcome to season two of Inforum's Meet Him podcast. My name is Terry Barclay, and I am president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Him podcast series introduces listeners to male leaders who share what they've learned about the value of diverse leadership in their companies and in their own leadership journeys. And I am just absolutely excited that joining me today is Rick DeVore, PNC Bank Regional President, Detroit and Southeast Michigan, and a longtime supporter of Inforum. He's, Rick is also engaged in our Men as Allies Roundtable. Welcome, Rick, and thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Great to see you, as usual. Well, um, we really, I really appreciate you, you giving us some time knowing how big your job responsibilities are and how involved you are in the community, which is just a, a wonderful thing to see. So we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's jump right in. Sure. How do you encourage your team to think strategically about gender balance? Well, I think, as you know, Terry, uh, diversity and inclusion is one of our core values. And I think it has to do with being intentional. What I mean by that is I think you have to think about it ahead of time. You know, there's no doubt and there's been research that, you know, diverse teams generate better idea creation, come to better, you know, answers and actually a lot of research in terms of companies that had diverse leadership do better, at least from a public company standpoint, and I'm sure private as well. But the key for me is to encourage our leaders not to wait for an opening. You know, many times that might be too mm-hmm. late, but who are the good candidates out there from a diversity standpoint? Where are they at? What would it take to attract them? And um, I think this intentional approach really can lead to much better uh, candidates. And, you know, you just have to have that strategic focus, I think. Oh, and it's so important to have the person at the top encouraging that, encouraging people to keep their eye out for talent and, and encouraging people to look for diverse talent. That really makes such a difference, Rick. So I, I know you're a leader in doing that. So thank you for your commitment in that regard. Let's, let's talk. I think, though, so many people understand the big picture of why this is important. Um, but let's talk about some of the sort of the basic blocking and tackling. So what can a male ally do on a day-to-day basis to encourage and facilitate diversity, equity, and inclusion? I think you have to become a role model and live it, not just say it. You know, as an example, you know, I've talked to you before. We have a PNC certified woman business advocate program. I can't tell people to do it if I'm not doing it. I've been part of that for over nine years now. And I think that's really important because I find in my role that people watch what you do just as much as they listen to what you say, right? And so we have numerous employee-based resource groups and I make sure that I'm active in as many as I can. And, you know, and I think that people note that. Therefore, when I go to ask them, are you participating? Are you part of one of those? They know I am. So, you know, it's easier for me to say you should be involved, right? Also, it's a great way 
to learn more about the firm. You could be at the firm for five, six years, but not have a lens into another group. And I think these mm. resource groups, you know, really give you that opportunity. Uh, that's, that's a great uh, point for paying attention <laughs> to, and getting involved in different, different resource groups. So, you know, we've talked, we've been talking, especially you and I have been talking for a very long time. There's, there's just a growing consensus around the business case for workplace diversity. I think we, we know those numbers. Are there, are there other examples of how you've helped diversify your organization? I mean, you've already talked about a couple of really important ones um, from encouraging people to keep an eye out for diverse talent to getting involved in the employee resource groups. Are there other tips that you have? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, maybe it was because I was in Pittsburgh for so long. As you know, I'm from Michigan, came back to Michigan about 11 years ago. Yay! But I was, <laughs> I'm happy to hear you say that. Um, but, uh, you know, I was in Pittsburgh a long time. And as you know, in Pittsburgh, football is a second religion. Yes. And um, the team is owned by the Roonies. And hence the Rooney rule, as you know, when it comes to the NFL. And so I've always tried to practice that, i.e., if you come to me with a talent slate and there's no diversity, then you need to come back. And after a while, that gets around. People know, oh, yeah, Rick is not going to uh, be happy if we have all, you know, males, white males, you know, four candidates and they're all white males. Mm -hmm. They don't even waste their time bringing that to me. And I think you know, on the margin, you have to always go with the diversity candidates. You know, over half of my managers are females. And I think when people know that's how it's going to work in this market, if you want to be in good favor with Rick, I so I guess, um, mm -hmm. you have to, uh, you know, bring me diverse candidates. We had a uh, I'm not going to say which area because that would actually you'd figure out who it is. But <laughs> we had um, a situation where we had two candidates for one pretty big job. It's a statewide job. And um, one was here in Michigan, southeast Michigan, and one was in northern Indiana. The one in southeast Michigan was a was a female. The one in northern Indiana was a male. And I thought to myself, this is really simple. You know, and I'm, I'm a simpleton. I'm thinking, okay, we have one person here. I don't have to guess whether she would like it in Detroit. Uh -huh. I know she will fit in. And she is, is an exceeds employee and she's a she. <laughs> On the other hand, I have a male from Northern Indiana that's not real familiar with Detroit. I have to wonder how he's going to like being in Detroit. And his, you know, he had pretty good, you know, marks if you will but not quite as good as hers mm. and he's a male i thought why is this taking so long this is yeah. kind of simple <laughs> and of course we hired our local female candidate mm -hmm. and um you know and, and and actually at the time she only had detroit wide um responsibilities now she's responsible for the entire state in this one sector mm -hmm. so i think we probably made a pretty good choice oh, what a great what a great example so let's shift a little bit and, and talk about leadership. Um, 
Can you tell us about a time when you learned a tough leadership lesson that you you, you probably appreciate more in hindsight than you may have at the time. <laughs> Dad oh, absolutely. You know, when you, when you look back, you know, you're wiser as, as you get older, I suppose. But, you know, one of the things that I've learned is just, you know, watching some people in group settings, maybe misbehave and then learn that uh, their career could have been damaged or, you know, the perception of him or her is maybe different than what they wanted. And uh, one of the things that I've learned is just reactions to things. One of the things in this job that really is interesting to me is how much people watch me. And Mm -hmm. I don't think watch me because I'm some great person, but just because I'm in this capacity at PNC. I'm talking about our employees now. And what I've learned is if I have a really bad reaction to something, I follow what I call the 24-hour cooling off period, which is... I'm just going to put it in the parking lot. I'm going to do nothing. But the next day, if it is still bothering me that much, I owe it to myself and that other person to say something. But that has to be, if it's negative, behind closed doors. I'm a huge believer that, uh, you know, if you have an issue with somebody, closed doors. If you have praise, it could be behind closed doors or in public. But I don't think criticism should ever be in front of the other team members because mm. then I think it's shaming and but I've really learned this lesson because many times I've found after 24 hours maybe that isn't as such a big deal as you actually thought at the time but also you can't just keep it in the parking lot so I've really um, tried to follow that and it served me pretty well and I've seen that actually hurt other people's careers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that is such great advice and um I think that the ability to recognize the value of that and to act on that kind of an approach, that's, that's the good thing about being longer in a career is you get more experienced and, and more used to sort of the wisdom of um, making sure you're not reacting out of uh, you know, a bad place, but that it's thought through uh, and it has merit, yeah. When I think, um... One of the things about my wife teases me about, is there an on and off switch with you? (laughs) Talk about me, not you. And unfortunately, on Saturday, Sunday, Monday through Friday, you know, in this role, because there is a public side to this job, you have to kind of be on. And, you know, and people, I laugh, like in the summertime, you know, I'll run into somebody at a Kroger and they'll look at me and I'm like, yeah, I do have flip-flops and shorts and I've been known to wear a baseball hat and sunglasses on Saturday and maybe didn't <laughs> shave, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, but it's kind of funny because uh, people do watch and uh, yeah. watch how you conduct yourself. So you really have to uh, make sure that, that your brand is uh, you, you guard against that, especially in this era of uh, these things. Yes. Right? <laughs> and uh, where people are taping you, whether you know it or not. So yes. it's, uh, I, I'm pretty provincial when it comes to that. Well, and the other occupational hazard is more people know who you are and you may not know that, they, you know, so you have to, lots of times people will, will say to me, I saw you at such and such. And I'm like, oh my, you did. <laughs> and so exactly. it's a good <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, it's like, did oh. I brush my hair that day? I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, right. 
<laughs> Boy, I know that. I definitely know that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great advice. It 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 really is. So one more question for you in this section. Do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share? Well, I actually have um, people that work with me, like Rick, really. I mean, I have like a million sayings that I like and to use. Um, but I like that there's a quote actually by, believe it or not, P.T. Barnum. Oh, you know? my. Oh, this is going to uh, be good. And, you know, and I guess that my life is kind of a circus. But no, it's uh, he said that no one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. And I think what that shows up for me is just there is some risk in taking a chance in yourself and in the community. And, you know, just mimicking what everybody else is doing might not be the right path. Um, <clears throat> but at work, um, I think they gave me a plaque when I left Pittsburgh with all my goofy sayings on it. And uh, oh. <laughs> but there is one at work I use a lot in case you're uh, I'll leave you with that one. It's um, I just look at somebody and I'll just say, cool hand, Luke. <laughs> and most of the people I work with know that means what we have here is a failure to communicate. And what I mean by that is it's amazing to me, right? With all the technology, it all is. of oh. still people have trouble communicating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, case in point, I have come across young people in cubes texting to the person right next to them. <laughs> And I noticed this with my kids. If I call them and leave a voicemail, it might not get returned, but they'll return a text. And, but it's, you know, it, it's this ability or, you know, the whispering down the lane is, you know, an example, but it's this ability to communicate that I think sometimes in our busy world is kind of lost. So, and I try to have a little fun at work. So it's a goofy saying, but I'm a Paul Newman, you know, <laughs> like Paul Newman. So what can I say? Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me because we know from the research that I, I'm going to get the percentage wrong, but it's something like 80% of communication is nonverb uh, is nonverbal, right? Yeah. And so it's it, especially in this virtual era that we have been in for such a long period of time, you know, when you can't read the body language or the facial expressions, it's easy to miscommunicate. You know, it's easy right. to miss humor. It's, you know, it's, you have to be careful, right? Because <laughs> it's so easy to miss. Um, no, it really is. And yeah. uh, you have to really be careful with your messaging and uh, whether it's electronically or, you know, verbally. So. Yeah. And one of the things I love about your first quote from P.T. Barnum is, about being yourself, you know, that is the topic in diversity, equity, and inclusion these days is creating the kinds of workplaces where you can bring your whole self to work and how important it is to build that culture. And look, you had a saying for it long before it became fashionable, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you say that because you see people sometimes look at successful people and try to mimic exactly what they do and how they sell or what, you know, how they conduct themselves. And I always, especially tell younger people, you need to find the parts of different people's approach, but you have to fold it into who you are. Mm. You can't become something you're not because people eventually will see through that. Right. 
And what works for them might not be who you are. And so you have to be aware of that. And I know there's a lot of people that go through their whole career and never have an honest kind of self-assessment in the mirror about what they're about, what they like, what they can cause. And um, so it's because there's always that propensity, right? Let's go find the most successful salesperson here and I'm going to be just like her. Mm-hmm. And that might not work for you. Parts of what she's about can, but maybe not all of it is kind of what I was yeah, getting at. You know, I think you're so on target. What is it about humans? We, it seems to me like we have the ability to kind of sniff out that authenticity. You know, you can just, it's pretty easy to tell whether someone's being authentic or not. No, so that's, you're right. you know, you can't just mimic someone else. You do have to learn and make it yours. It's great right. advice. Good advice. So before you go, can you share with us another story about how you used, or maybe even a time when you wish you'd used, a key leadership competency and why that mattered? Um, I think probably self-awareness is uh, a big issue with me. And I can give you an example of that. Um, I was at uh, Chip McClure's house, you know, Chip, right? And yep. it, uh, we were doing a uh, it was one of those pre-fundraisers for um, Detroit Historical Society. And I found out that they were doing Project uh, Detroit 67, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the 50th anniversary of the civil disturbances in, in Detroit and back in 67. And I called up my chief of staff at the time and I said, we have to, have to, have to get involved in this. It was Gina Coleman. You know, Gina. Yes. And it was because... I was probably fanatical about it because of maybe what I experienced growing up. Keep in mind that I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan. And keep in mind the 60s, in addition to wondering why my father couldn't buy gasoline during the disturbances, there was incidents, right, at the border of Detroit and Dearborn. And... um, by the then mayor, which I think you would agree is, uh, was a racist. Yeah. And maybe because I was dragging that around, even though you and I can't help where we were born, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was just imperative that we get, you know, involved. And that might be why I'm so fanatical about diversity and, le- you know, whether it's in leadership or, you know, in the community or in public office. And I think kind of that made me more intentional about supporting diversity and inclusion. And I think you would agree Dearborn has changed a lot over the last 50 years and for the better in that regard. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. it was uh, not that way in the 60s. And, um, you know, and so I, uh, maybe that negative made me more uh, perceptive of these issues. And, you know, and I also got it to meet, you know, worked really closely, not only with Bob Burry at the time we ran Detroit Historical, but also Marla Studemeyer, who, as you know, we lost yes. uh, about a year ago uh, to this nasty disease, COVID. And, um, you know, but it was something that, you know, we were very proud of. We were the first major sponsor of that. And, um, but it kind of gave me some grounding and made it personal for me, I suppose. Mm. What a wonderful story about 
a transformative experience that you, through self-awareness, were able to transform into something really impactful um, and, and have that thread throughout your professional life and being aware of how you came by it. Um, that's a great story. I agree with you, by the way, that self-awareness, I mean, if you don't have self-awareness, it's kind of game over. You, you need no, to get right. first you're right. before, <laughs> before no, you try right. any of the fancier things, right? <laughs> exactly. All the, the exotics, right? Yeah, the exotic leadership competency. Yeah, it's yeah. all true. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, my gosh. You know, Rick, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing such great insights and stories. We really appreciate you making the time. That's fine. It was always great talking to you. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to inforummichigan.org for more opportunities to meet him, including the season one library. And while you're there, check out the other virtual inform components, including Meet Her, a podcast series in which female leaders share lessons from their own leadership journeys and how they put those lessons to use today. You'll also find a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and a series of virtual events. Thank you so much for joining us today.